What? <laughs> Wait, what? There it is. Hey, hey, it's corporate lunch at o'clock. We've got a special guest today, ain't that right, Noah? Yeah, a lot of some might say this is one is a long time coming. Yeah. Some people have been saying that long time coming. It was like it was already done, so we didn't know to actually do it. <laughs> but now here we are Sometimes making it happen. Sometimes the most obvious thing is the is the one you arrive at. Peaski whiskey after, after thirty five episodes. Oski woski. Josh Petskowitz is in. What's up, fellas? The corporate tower all the way from the west coast yeah. all the way from the we west all the way from, I, you California. might say from the west coast but to me this guy's in europe <laughs> <laughs> all the way from <laughs> europe josh peskowitz i'm all the way from the delta lounge <laughs> that's pretty much where i feel like i live yeah. sometimes straight um, coming straight to you from the delta one center <laughs> josh peskowitz Josh, I want to actually start with a little bit of like it's not an act for you and I. It's not a throwback question. It's like a middle. It's like a mid throwback question. Sure. What was it like becoming like one of the f- favored targets of the street style? Oh man, the street style explosion. No, seriously, it was like that well, was a that was a major that was a huge moment in menswear and in fashion. And you, with a couple others like Mr. Wooster, Mr. Tong, were really like out there. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not that dude, you know, like, I mean, well, you know me long enough, but it's, it's, you know, I think it's cool in, in like retrospect, looking at it now, I think it's cool that they're like when I was coming up and, you know, when I first started out doing magazines and, and, you know, wanting to be part of this world, like I knew people's names, yeah, but I didn't know what they looked like. Right. And so I would just be like bylines, fashion editors, stylists. Exactly. And, you know, you'd be at some party and then, you know, this person standing next to you, you're just like, I fucking idolized you. They're like, oh, the, you're on, you the on, the, on the pod is, yeah. is cursing aloud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's the Internet, dude. All right. You can get naked. You can do whatever you want. Word so. up. So, you know, I'd be standing next to a person and I'd be like, you're a fucking living legend. And I wouldn't have known. And I think it's cool that, um, you know, people who like are regular looking people and aren't models or actors or you know beautiful musicians or something like people in the world got to see what like regular people look like when they kind of wear weird clothes right. yeah turn which turn think, up and turn out which that's i think a really just, good point i never thought of it that way but the idea of like putting a face to the names and to the the characters behind the scenes like that's pretty it was valuable kind of like a, and sort of unique in a way yeah it was I kind mean, of a coming out party for the industry in a way it yeah. was but, I mean, but the those people in the industry who were like not just influential but actually stylish and good looking themselves you know the thing about it back then was it was like the people that were being you know photographed the most and whether it was scott when he first started doing the sartorial listeners or started working with us at style.com at that time or um obviously tommy Tan or any of these people who the first wave yeah. were taking pictures of people who were doing things by you know, doing like, things you mean like we're actually jobs. we're like actually working and we're doing interesting things right and you know it has evolved since then into sort of its own profession which yep. is you mean weird. you mean being someone who gets photographed is itself a job in 2000 well for the last five years for sure yeah. and you know like that first wave whatever like we were all you know like we weren't standing there trying to get our pictures taken yeah right. we were like late we were yeah, running like rolling into shows yeah, yeah. yeah. and so that, i mean that's the difference i think but um you know i i've never been like i never thought of myself as like a front of house dude like i always yeah you know things happen in your life but i was over there. the stove sweating and cooking <laughs> up yeah man i'm over here not I'm a major d yo i'm a line cook I'm a line cook line cook at best <laughs> <laughs> i'm a dishwasher uh, um, so you were he, at style.com at the time when that was beginning. Yeah. And you guys had hired Scott. Basically, that was his Scott first. Schumann, the sartorialist. That's right. So that was his first yeah. job basically like that, like regular think, gig. Yeah. I mean, I think he had like contributed a little bit to GQ prior to that, like yeah. maybe done like a page or something. In the, yeah, he, had, in the he had a column. Yeah. And a uh, page every month. I think it was maybe it might have been like his second season working for style.com when I started traveling to the shows yeah. with him. And so like I went to pity for the first time with Scott Schumann. Right. Yeah. That was my first time going. That was like 2007. Yeah. Something like that. Huh. Yeah. The day. Now, I mean, one thing that I think is interesting and kind of fun and funny about it, but also like probably a like mental challenge for you is that it was like a weird thing for you to be 
a front of house dude all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like nobody was hurting anybody. It was all positive, right? Yeah. So in a way, you're having to get your head around like getting love that you never asked for, but that was actually just love. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's like a challenge to one's self conception to be like heavily photographed when you weren't trying to, but there was no like. Yeah, nobody was hurting anybody. What I think you're trying to say because they thought you were cool. What I think you're trying to say is, is that most people who like are have notoriety attempted to have it. Yeah, they were like set like I'm gonna be a famous actor. Watch. Yeah, (laughs) you were literally just doing your job, and all of a sudden you were like internet famous. Which is that? You were like is that real famous? You were like subculture famous. I was I was definitely niche famous. But now the now there's only niche fame. So yeah, to me it's the same as famous. Um, yeah, that's weird. I mean, I let me ask you this, and and you can you can uh, handle this question however you want. Was were were there like checks associated with it that were Uh, life changing? No, 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 no. Because you didn't you didn't make those decisions, right? There must have been forks in the road where you were like, I could just hold the line here, or I could like turn this into some money well i mean you know is that too personal it's not too personal i i have a really hard time not being myself so if somebody wanted to give me a check to not be myself yeah no i can't do that yeah i just can't do that right so i mean i have are there other people i know that have found you know whatever this that kind of notoriety and i would argue have much more of it than i do have yeah. found it to be lucrative yes yeah but um, the, but they were like down for that yeah they were I, ready for that decision well i mean i also was never really in a position like as you said i would have had to make a decision yeah like i'm no longer going to do my job and i'm going to do that right instead full-time influencer yeah <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today on the podcast, we have part-time influencer Josh Beskowitz. Quasi-influencer. Uh, so, so street-style notoriety aside, let's back up a little bit. Um, you are the uh, co-owner, co-founder, co-partner in Magasin. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah. Did I freak it right? You you flipped it. You yeah. flipped it. Uh, it's a men's store in Culver City. Um, I'm, a, I'm a patron. Um, it's dope. Uh, it was a it was a long and varied road there to to owning a retail store. Absolutely. You worked in magazines. Mm-hmm. You worked in fashion websites. Mm-hmm. You worked in uh, retail via department stores, mm-hmm. and then landed there. Mm-hmm. For starters, how would you describe the mission of Magazine? The mission of Magazine is to oh, really shit. No, I didn't freak it right. Magazine. Correct. There was a slight correction on the. He was like, he's gonna get the real one in a minute, so I might as well make him feel good for now. Magazine. Just get there. People in LA must not go through all that. Produ- uh, well, most pronouncing people, all that. Shit. Well, the truth of it is, is that half the people who come into the store call it magazine, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> you call as long as they want. come in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, as long as they come in. But no, I mean that. That's. To a certain level, intentional because you know, in French, the word magazine means store, but the word magazine means magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one of the things that we have tried to do at the store is to put together a point of view that would be publishable. Right. You right. know, like it, like I wanted one of the things that I've always loved about what you guys do and what you know I used to do was the fact that you could take other people's things that they created and make something else out of it right you know and so like if you saw certain pieces from a show that you felt made sense with another show and you had a vibe that you wanted to put a photo shoot around together like you made that and and that was always something that interested me as someone who didn't really view myself as creative enough to make my own shit but like to just take other people's and interpret it in a different way and so when you when you look at what we've tried to do in magazine we stand behind some principles and and you know we built the store around those and you know one of the things that we try to do is um give you know a spotlight and shine to you know lesser known brands um lesser known makers you know i really think that the majority of the people that we work with in the store are people that make you know and and that craftsmanship element of it um you know it's a litmus test i guess in my mind it's just like it needs to exhibit one of three qualities and if it exhibits two of them you're in for sure and if you're three i'm putting you on the billboard you know It's, it's it's craftsmanship it's innovation and it's rarity we don't want anybody in the store that uh, 
doesn't take pride in what they make. Um, we, the things that we sell in the store are not inexpensive by any means, but for the most part, what you're paying for is parts and labor. You're not paying for, you know, a, a corporate marketing budget or yeah. a cruise show in Cannes, you right. know, and that's. <laughs> All due respect to cruise shows in Cannes. And, like, invite me. I will go. Josh will roll in and get his photo taken. Yo, catch I will. Some, catch some vitamin D. Yeah, I'll be over here in Cannes if you need me. <laughs> I'll be at the Delta One Lounge. Just come holler at me. Anyway. Um, I have a personal example of what Magazin is all about. <laughs> nice. Nice one. <laughs> Baby got his first Dries Van Noten. That's right. It was the store. it was the black and white silk scenario. Hey, you see that? That yeah. was good looking. Baby's first trees happened in Culver City, California. Wait, what was the under piece? the watchful eye of it's Josh a silk, Peskowitz? A silk shirt. Silk shirt. Yeah, it was a silk black and white with like these like it had like griffins like hand painted little like griffins. And no, it's like a like it's, artist it was, pattern. It looks there like there were squiggles, Joseph, but then like if you go back and look at it again, Joseph there's like a couple of like. There's a couple of like little creatures in there too. It looks, it looks like <laughs> go, really? go yeah, back there's some creatures. There's there some are creatures, creatures I don't even know about on my own shirt. Secret you, creatures. creatures. It looked a little bit like a um, um, Joseph Bays or uh, Joseph Bays mm -hmm. or um, uh, Richard Serra line drawing X Dries silk shirt. Baby's first Dries, big deal. I grew up in that moment. <laughs> I felt very fashion in that moment. <laughs> Dries is one of those uh, in what was uh, up until very, very, very recently independent yeah. designers, but that does something at sort of a large scale that feels very much like in line with let's, where you're at. He's let's the run biggest. Some, he's yeah. the biggest. I mean, he's let, the biggest name that we have in the store. Let's run some more designers just for people to get an idea of what's in there. Dries. Dries. Masoni. Masoni. Massimo Alba. Massimo Alba. Um, Blue Blue Japan, as I mentioned, engineered garments, needles. Uh, we sell jackets from Noah just left. To go get on a plane. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> so we sell jackets from. Um, you've been there to Hermano store, Errol Fifty Five. Errol Fifty Five. Yeah, yeah. I just ordered up a new suit. Shout, shout out Simon yeah, Golby. Shout out Simon Golby. Big shout out Simon Golby and uh, shout out to Hermano. Hermano himself. So for people not familiar, Hermano uh, has a store in Milan on Corsicoma, which is called Arrow Fifty Five, and he is a like a G in the vintage world of Italy. Dude, they have these dead stock fabrics from like the twenties and stuff, where they have like they have two rolls, yeah. and you're flipping through the fabric book like to get a custom suit made. And I'm tall, so I'll be like, I like that one. And he's like, I ain't got enough meters for you. Man. There's not <laughs> that 1920s hemp yeah. for you. Yeah. Like your little cousin could get a suit, but yep. you cannot. He Simon was, was a... wearing a jacket made out of a curtain from 1893. Dude, come yesterday. on. I swear to you. Uh, it's like, I swear to if you. If that isn't awesome to you, I don't. I can't. I really can't help you. Maybe corporate lunch and GQ style and magazine are not for you. <sighs> Maybe not. And it's, that's the other thing. I mean, just going back to it is the nice thing about having a small store is that it doesn't have to be for everyone. Yeah. Right. You know, and people that's, walk in, they walk out, and you're like, you know what? I mean, I hope everybody who comes in sees something that they find inspiring, if not something that they want to walk out the store with. And, you know, but at the same time, like, I recognize that, you know, as you just said, you know, the only thing that exists anymore is niche fame, right? So it's like, yeah. you don't have to be everything to everyone. No. And that is... Um, nobody wants that, actually. Nobody wants that. So yeah. with that in mind, you how long have you been open now? Two and a half years. And how, how do you see your opening and this business currently existing with, like, the state of men's style more broadly well i think that i mean for me the moment that we live in i mean just in general which has been influenced by social media and you know access to information yeah. i think it's great i mean you know listen men are probably more educated about you know their clothing than they have been since like the 20s or whatever yeah. like right. when they've like had one tailor who made more every day in the, and it's not slowing down yeah. and 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 you know the reason is is that people can find out for themselves they don't have to ask they don't have to act like they didn't already know it you yeah. know and like ask questions which a lot of men hate asking questions and <laughs> yeah. thinking that they didn't know something already um so the access to information is there and people are on the web and they're finding out and they are you know um self-radicalizing i guess and and that's great um but the other thing that has happened is is that the traditional kind of system of like trend has completely broken down and to me that is a symptom of social media again where images are sort of decoupled from meaning 
And so, you know, there was a time that if you dressed in a certain way, it meant this about you. Right. right. And, you know, like you were a punk, you looked like this. You were, you know, a Republican, you know, fundraiser, you looked like this. You were a goth kid, you looked like this. That doesn't exist anymore because people are influenced by so many things all at once. It's just like such an inundation. And what ends up happening is that like the trend system has, I think, broken down. It's good and it's bad. But the good part of it is, is that, you know, since everything that's ever been in style ever is all in style now, you can kind of decide who you want to be right. and take what you want from it. And that I think that's cool, but it takes a certain amount of education and it, it definitely takes a certain amount of self-confidence to do that. You can definitely wait. God knows the, the streets have proven you can wake up in the morning and put on a Grateful Dead shirt, regardless of whether or not you've ever listened to any Grateful <laughs> Dead. Yeah. Same goes for Metallica. Yeah. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. You know? And I, that used to that used to be like you would not you would wear get smacked that. for that. Yeah. <laughs> now it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You know, shouts to Thrasher magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Thrasher <laughs> magazine. Shout out to Jake Phelps. I think that, and the other thing is is just the willingness to like take more risks. Most of the designers I've talked to in like the last six months have told me that they think men are taking more risks with what they wear than women which is probably is maybe speaking of Drees, that's what Drees yeah. told noah in his uh labels on cheeky style labels on fire piece right yeah he was like menswear is more interesting and risky than women's wear right yeah. now and when i was in paris for two days earlier this month or last month i heard a bunch of people say sort of the same thing yeah. and i feel it myself like i think even going back to street style like the last several years of it there's certainly a point where you're just like, I've seen a whole bunch of other people dress like this or dress crazier than me. Yeah. So I'll wear this thing. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. You just start to get like desensitized. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing, I guess. But I think it's cool. I think it's positive. Well, it moves, right? Like yeah. the, 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 the standard, like, you know, the standard deviations, you know, like, like you start here. Right. And then like most people will say, OK, well, this is what I this is who I am. And then they'll see something that's like one standard deviation away from what they are wearing now and say like, I get that. Yeah. But now you've moved one. Yeah. You know? And so the next time you see something, you're like, yo, I fuck with that. And I get that. It's this much further away from where you started. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's a journey. I haven't quite thought about that, but I've literally had that thought while getting dressed. I was like, oh man, I don't know if I could pull this <laughs> off. And then I was like, wait a second. There's actually a 70% chance that the dude sitting next to me is being doing something wilder than this so yeah. fuck it i'm just gonna go for it yeah yeah i mean and the other thing is is like yo if you're not having fun with your clothes and like how you represent yourself to the world like yeah then you're i mean you need to go talk to somebody yeah, yeah. you know you or need just, to you need to straighten that out yeah. passing on an opportunity yeah you're passing on opportunity and like self-expression is not something that a lot of people get the opportunity to do in the world yeah. i mean obviously you know because like i mean <laughs> way people be sh acting out on twitter you know it's like it's like it's the first time anybody ever listened to them they're like oh yeah. my god but you know like clothing your self-expression that way is is one of the things you got as a human yeah. you know so how has i know that the like core mission of the store uh has actually remained in place and that how long did you say you've been open two and a half two and a half yeah. two and a half years um, but how has it changed, actually? Like, what have you learned and how have you adjusted and how has menswear moved in a way that you guys have responded to from, like, where you were two and a half years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think probably the biggest thing for how we've adjusted is, you know, you got three New Yorkers who opened a store in L.A., Yep. you know, and my partners, Christoph DeMaison and, and Simon Golby, uh, you know. Christoph, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Simon, friend of the pod. Very much a friend of the pod. And, you know, they, they, they live and they work here. And, and, you know, I moved to L.A. to open the, open the shop. And um, we, as New York, like, one, I mean, one of the first lessons I learned was that uh, people in L.A. don't wear long coats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's hard for Josh Peskowitz, buyer. Yo, I know uh, you were trying to have some long coats in there. Yo, I had some long coats in there. <laughs> now you have a lot of long coats in your personal closet. <laughs> you yeah. got that right, Jack. I got a lot in of every long size. coats. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, 54, let's go. Uh, <laughs> I could tailor it. Yeah, um, yeah, that was one of the things I learned. Um, I think that we had to adjust some of those things, like fabric weights, things like that, to, to – I mean, we, we always had sort of like a conception of the store being less seasonal than – the traditional you know buying patterns of, right. of a store would be 
Um, but even still, you know, being in LA and being servicing the community that we live in, like you gotta, you gotta pay attention to the fact that like it's hot most of the time, you know, and people drive cars. So wearing a long coat is kind of annoying. And you know, like those are the kind of things that I've learned, but also just in general, we started out quite tailored because, you know, in my mind, the conception, like tailored clothing always has played a big part in like who I am. And like, ever since I've really learned about it, um, and you know how i've incorporated that into my life is maybe something that people wanted to take pictures of yep. in the day but yep. you know that is not how everybody dresses so you know yep. we, we probably take and, and, and I can, less and I can, less so. i can see feeling like oh there's there's a huge because i know for a fact because i've had friends hit me up like yo who live in la like where the hell do i get a suit yeah, yeah. in this godforsaken tailoring free city yeah and so you might think oh we're gonna come in there and like and occupy that empty lane. Yeah. But what you found is more just like people aren't that interested. We do have a suit. Of like course. we have like a yeah. suit and yeah. we definitely do we do well with you What know, is the suit? It's by Salvatore Piccolo. Yeah. Um, who's a Neapolitan tailor and uh it's a completely unconstructed uh three patch suit. We did it in gray, navy and um like an olive green. And I mean it makes it sense to like, you know, Italian unstructured suit in Los Angeles is like it's great too easy and people come and they say i need a suit and i'm like here's the suit and they say i like that suit i'm like great we'll get a tailor for you and if they say i don't like that suit i was just like and you know people come in all the time and say like i'm looking for x y and z and if we don't have it i'll tell them where to go yeah you know um was that part of the reasoning for ending up in california that you saw the biggest the greatest opportunity there i did see an opportunity there and at the time in new york i mean it it it's difficult here you know it's difficult as a uh you know starting your own business um doing it without uh any real sponsorship you know um just just you and your partners going for it uh in new york city particularly at that time i mean i think things are starting to change a little bit now because of all the uh you know occupancy problems on yeah you know in storefronts but you know at that time it was just like okay you want to open a store you sign this 10-year lease but we'll kick you out after a year if we don't like you but yeah. you need to pay for the first year in advance and, yeah, and, yeah. and on and on and on and, and and you know it's 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 difficult yeah and you know you look at you look at california you look at la in particular um there's a lot going on there and there's a lot of energy and as far as the west side of the city was concerned um you know the word on the street was that Culver City was going to be big news. And, yeah. and it's happening now. You know, like Amazon just opened their own movie studio next door to yeah. us. Uh, HBO's opening their new headquarters next to us. Um, Have you had Jeff Bezos in to get fit for a suit yet? Bezos has not come in for a suit no. yet. Just dripping injuries. <laughs> just dripping. Just. Just but, filthy injuries. But Jeff, if you are listening, there yeah. are. Oh, he's I've definitely got some, a friend of the yeah, pod yeah, for sure. No, he's listening. I've yeah. got some silk print pants for you, baby. Come through. <laughs> Come, through. <laughs> Come get fitted. Um, but yeah, so you know that, and and so that was really why. I mean, we yeah. we had an opportunity to do it there, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, when you're planning, you're just like, okay, how do we take over the world? Like, where's yeah. the where's the yeah. first one going to be? First one's going to be in New York. Well, where's the second one going to be? Well, the second one's going to be in L.A. Yeah. So we opened the second one first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's constant like WWD business of fashion um, postulating about the future of retail. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously made a very specific move by going with like niche, hard point of view, mm-hmm. independent store. Mm-hmm. Um, does it feel like that is a more sustainable model than like what the more what the department stores might be going through, or h- how does it feel like? In this era where like e-commerce and Instagram, all the, the boat is being rocked, but yeah. nobody knows which way it's going to tip. We don't know. I, but for me, I think that uh, when when everyone has access to everything, yeah, the only way to make yourself valuable is to provide perspective, yeah, and point of view. And so that is a much easier thing to do in sixteen hundred square feet than it is in 180,000 square feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, or, you know, or having a website with, um, you know, 480 brands on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is that is a business. That's a volume business, and that is something that has its challenges now. 
but you are providing a specific service with that. You are providing access. You will get it to their house. You will get it yeah, on yeah. their back. You will provide, you know, you need the reorder underwears. It's coming to you immediately, yep. yeah. you know, like those are all convenience convenience and access and and those are super important services um but what i think most people will look for um in that type of environment is um what they don't know about you know where where right. can they where can they learn about something where can new? they discover something yeah discover or you know look see a fresh perspective on things that they already knew and you know, it's easy to it's 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 easier now than ever because of all those reasons that we just discussed to be able to have a very outsized presence with a small footprint. Yeah. You know, because people can find out about you. It's just like being an influencer. It's like you're just one person, but uh, a lot of people are paying attention and you've got to really you're doing something really specific and it's moving the needle. And hopefully, you know, you or get like that being a small magazine like gq style yeah like gq style i mean i i've i've used the um i've used the analogy of like you know broadcast to cable television you mm -hmm. know like where there used to be four channels and that was what you watched and everybody right. and like there was a national conversation about those things which was healthy yep. but now you know with the advent of the world we live in now like there are many many smaller voices that cater specifically to someone's specific taste yeah in the cable news world that's pretty terrible but in the fashion world it's cool because you can choose your own adventure now that's just what it is and so if you are interested in what we do you'll find us right i right. hope uh what what was your what were you most excited about from uh you know we were just together in milan and paris at yeah. the shows like what what felt fly to you what was exciting what was your kind of like takeaway um this was obvious these are obviously the spring 19 shows spring but, 19 but shows. just whatever was kind of like exciting to you well in florence i saw a a new designer or he's not that new but um i'd seen his first color i'd seen his runway show in milan the season before but he had a little presentation in florence and his name is frederico karate all right and i really like him dime josh is dropping a dime right now um perk he, up people he uh i mean I, you know i don't like to play the the comparing game but like yeah. he does fall somewhere in between you know a Dries and a Massimo Alba. It's a and good zone so to be between. That's my zone. Like yeah. that is that is like <laughs> square inside my zone. That is like that we, is. We a, call that the Josh Pesquid zone. Yo, yeah. that's that's the zone right there. So I am you know I had the opportunity to meet him and talk with him, and he's he you know sources all of his fabrics in in Italy. He you know it knits it all and you know cuts and sews it all in Florence. It's 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 really beautiful. It's the real stuff. deal. It's really beautiful stuff. The name one more time. Frederico Karate. Let me ask you something that may be hard to explain, but when you're when you're um, having this experience in Florence, looking at these clothes, meeting this guy, like what what hat are you wearing? Like, do you do that as the proprietor of a shop that you're sort of envisioning? Like, where does like, you know, what am I going to order? Am I going to order? How's it going to fit in? Is this? Do you kind of channel your inner personal taste and just go like gut instinct, just whatever you're feeling? Like, do you? How do you? Um, I mean, I wear a lot of different hats, but, you know, f I do a lot of different things besides just the store. But right. I think for me, something like that is a, like in this particular case, like that's a gut thing where I'm yeah. just like, I like you want to wear this. I stuff. fuck with this. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Does it mean we're going to carry it in the store? Does it mean that I'm going to mention it on the corporate? Yeah, launch yeah. Pod? Like, does <laughs> it well, that's why we had you on. I mean, but, <laughs> but, you know, what does it mean? And, and, you know, for me, usually the first thing is, is I like this how can i help yeah yeah you know what can i do whether it's buy it whether it's help find them a sales agent whether it's right. you know send other buyers there send other buyers there then maybe it's more appropriate for yeah. uh you know all of those things are part of it for me and um and I, you know so that's that's what that's where it starts and yeah. i'm just like there are certain things that i'm just like this belongs in the store we're going but yeah. then there's other things where i'm like maybe this isn't right for us but like this deserves shine so let me see yeah. how i can help uh and and you know that's just is karate coming to magazine spring 19 we didn't buy it yet but um we're yeah we're, we're i'm pushing too hard you're, yeah, man, back off. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay cool. yeah, we didn't buy, but uh, that's my sign. No, so no, no, back no, no, up. no, 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 no. It's no. all good. I mean, actually, it will probably end up in the store. Yeah, yeah. but we shall see. We shall see. Um, of the other hats that you wear outside of magazine, what what is the, you 
give give us some energy on one that you're excited about. Um, I well, I just started working as a contributing editor. That's what we're calling it um, for Moda Operandi Men's. Truth. Um, oh. What so is Moda Oper- Operandi for people who don't know? Moda Operandi is a um, high fashion website that just launched its men's component, where you are able to um, sort of order clothing in advance directly from the runway. So what whatever designers they work with. Um, they basically put up the entire fashion show or close to it, um, and you are able to order yeah. in advance. You know, so it, it, it's an, it's a very interesting concept to me because you n- number one, I mean, we are all hostages to what buyers buy, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're getting around that, and also I think it's super interesting, you know, to see what people react to in in their own right. You know, like what are what are people interested in? Is it the same thing that I am? Is it, um, you know, what what do they gravitate towards? So you know, just as just just from a strictly you know educational perspective, I think it's fucking dope. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, I'm working so with them. It's basically a pre-order situation. You order went soon after you see it on the runway, and then it like comes literally, later. yeah, like literally yeah. that day. And it's then like. It comes, and, it's 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 providing the service that we in the industry have always not always but have been lucky enough to enjoy in many circumstances right. where you go into a showroom they're like if there's anything you want order go ahead and the you personal know, order the personal order and you do it and then like if you're like me you forget that you did it yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then Santa Claus comes yeah, yeah um with a bill with but a in bill. this case but in this case, yeah, you 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 know you put down a deposit, you pay for yeah. in, in advance, but then you do get the thing that you wanted. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, that's and you know cool. you're gonna get it. Yeah, and you don't have to remember and go to the store and or elbow find people. the store that bought it. Yeah, find the one store that bought it. Yep. Uh, yeah, you've been increasingly the the design muscles have been increasingly flexed. What 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 are you up to on that front? I've been helping a few designers out. Um, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm a designer, but I have certainly. You've done some things. I've done some things. Uh, last year, I was very lucky to work with Levi's, and Levi's Made and Crafted, the team there, allowed me to create a capsule collection yeah. of my own, um, which was super fun. They were great people to work with. Um, there is another one of those in the works, but it is not happened yet, and I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not, not going to say it out loud. Lev- it's not Levi's. Not something else. Levi's, I see. With another brand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, is that jinx. are those partnerships? Uh, seems like many retailers, large and small, eventually move towards an in-house line of some sort. Yeah, is this your version of that, or something completely different? Or have you? What are your thoughts on doing the a, I w- like a full-blown in-house line? Yeah, I think that I think that there's v- validity to that. Yeah, um, I think that what you you know, as we have been able to establish sort of a point of view, people come into the store and they're just like, oh. Like the second time or the third time they come in, they feel like they are there's consistency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like to to sort of what we're trying to do, what the point of view is. And so yeah, I mean orga- trying to do a, a house line that sort of organizes around those same principles that I was talking about earlier is something that we think about a lot. And, you know, the the truth is is that in that kind of scenario you are able to provide a little bit of value to the customer as yeah. well. Yeah. And you better know? margin for yourself. Value to the customer. That's my, that's my priority, Noah <laughs> Johnson. That's my priority is value to the customer. I'm so crass. <laughs> You're honest. It's true. Uh, what have you been wearing the most? What's what's feeling good on your own back? I have been. Whether it's style or brand. Th- um, what's that little lightweight summer jacket you brought today? That Let's is go a, ahead and add the brands right now. Yeah. That's a Kamoshida um little 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 pajama friend type pod. friend Mi- of the pod. Mr. Kamashita, good friend of the pod. Mr. Kamashita is a beast. Yes. I definitely wouldn't mind being him when I grow up. Yeah. Do you yeah. carry Likewise. some of that? Little yeah. In the shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so Jack is Kamashita. This is like an old non native T shirt. I'm actually yep. wearing I'm like this this is when it gets weird because like I'm only wearing things that you, I bought in Japan. <laughs> That's not weird at all. Uh, the jeans are from a company called Bukt, which is actually you're gonna have to spell that B H U K T. Yep. Um, and it is probably forty percent of my wardrobe at this point. Dang. Yeah. It was gonna be one of my vibes, but you fucked me up. No, no, no. We can still <laughs> get there. We can still get there. Okay. Dripping and bukt. Um, yeah, I found it. <laughs> Doing the best I can over here, Noah. Don't laugh at me. Um, I can't believe you haven't heard of Bukta before. Nobody has. I had never heard of it. There's there's this one store that I go to in Tokyo called Garden. 
um, which my friend Satoshi Nobori, who is also probably Shout a friend of the Shout out to Sato. Sato's we the We got to get Sato on here. Sato's man, more yeah. than just a friend of the pod. Yeah. Sato, Sato is, is the pod. Yeah. family. <laughs> Sato is like the North Star of the pod. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Sato took me to that store one of the, the first time. The first time Sato ever like pulled a little, it basically looks like a film canister, like the little piece of plastic that a roll of camera film comes yep. in that was attached to his belt yep. and ashed in it yep i was just like yo baby jesus uh, yeah, baby man. fashion jesus yeah. what like, is up yeah his utility He's belt advanced. is so real yeah. Yeah. it's so real um but anyway so he took me to the store called garden he was like i think you'd like this store and he took me there and um i i, they I had, took your money i had never heard <laughs> of a single brand in that store awesome like not a single one and um subsequent trips to japan I always go back and um, I buy a lot of that particular brand, Booked. I mean, there's other things that they have there that I've bought um, that are great, like a brand called August Presentation. And um, it was the first place I'd ever seen a Hender Scheme shoe. Yep. You know, so this was this was several years ago. But yeah, Booked, man. And these are just some lightweight, wide, weird, selvage denim white jeans. What about the sneaks? The sneaks are um, Concept Mephistos. They're kind of like a burgundy pink. We're going magenta. We're going magenta. magenta. That's magenta. <laughs> we're going okay. magenta with these. Yeah, that's magenta. Uh, these were actually a gift from Coltrane Curtis. He gave me these because we wear the same shoe size. Shout out Coltrane. Shout out Coltrane. So that's what I'm wearing. Oh, and um, f- Generation One Nom de Guerre. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> I wonder how old Samhain Productions was when those glasses were made. They're uh, sunglasses. They were. Yeah, those are N- NGDs. Or NDGs, rather. Gnome yeah. de Guerre? Yeah, man. Those glasses are from Gnome de Guerre? Yeah. So what year are those? I've had that. They they made the style for Gnome de Guerre. This was like this, the uh, 2006, I think I got those. Dude, shout out to Josh's ability to not lose or sit on sunglasses. Yo, this one That's pair. kind of incredible. This one pair, like, I, f- I thought I lost them this trip, and I had, like, like, we were getting close to an Gnome de Guerre, like top three uh, all, time all time shops in New York. Maybe. All time. Yeah, I don't, true. You agree? I don't think I have anything from 2006, like including oh, like God. my personality I'm or my soul. Like, I mean, literally nothing. Yeah, teeth. No, definitely not. I don't have. Those are good I, years. I don't I have. I wish much. I had my wardrobe from 2006. Yo. I don't. Some of it I'm very glad I don't, but I there are some gems in there. I, I wore mean, a lot of Umbro by Kim Jones in 2006. <laughs> yeah. Umbro Kim Jones. So you are the, still the same person that you were in 2006. It's close, it's but there was evolved, some, there highly was some evolved. Bad. Uh, yeah, there was some bad stuff in there too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I listen, I don't wear so many things that I had from back then, but they're. You know, there's some things that I have held on to. Yeah. And those and this pair of glasses right here, like this shit is like my favorite. How much do you I was in um uh in Albany a week ago for a friend's wedding where I'm from. I hadn't been up there in a very long time. I went to a skate park and all the kids in the skate park, the good skaters, were Mm -hmm. dressed the way I dressed in nineteen ninety six. Right way, break that down. What were they wearing? Like baggy cargo pants. Yep. More tech like a more tech sneaker, not like a slim van sneaker, but like a bulkier, like teched out sneaker. Just like Like oversized. Like a like a like a skateboard tech sneaker, like an etni type of situation. No, Nikes. Nikes. Um Or like Nikes and Adidas, but they're more like because like DCs and aren't need like an S aren't really around anymore, right? As much, you know, oversized T like a like a five panel cap. It's a pretty standard thing, but like the silhouette yeah. is very specific, mm-hmm. and I felt so good. But I was thinking like, man, I still kind of dress like that or aspire to dress like that. What do you feel like you're you're you have like a root, like a style root that you always like go back to. That's the Fuck thing. Yeah, that, man. Like, Yo, I I believe that for many people, um, the like, formative years, how you dressed in high school will inform the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. I and love that. Sometimes I I didn't I didn't always get that, and then I have breakthrough moments where I'm like, whoa, it's still there. I mean, but this is but this is why like. You know, I, it's definitely true that every era is back at once. But in some ways, like, the 90s are, are really driving things right now. It's just because, like, our generation yeah. grew up on that shit and are, we're now... We call the shots now. Shot calling. <laughs> we're shot calling. No, and that, and that's... You're absolutely right. That is true. And I, and I often say that, you know, of the types of customers that there are, the one that I am, although I'm probably, like, on the weirder spectrum of this because I like to try shit out, but, like, 
most people are just looking for the better version of what they already have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. you know, that's and so true. like, definitely. if you're just looking for the better version of what you already have, you might end up all the way, you know, all the way over here in left field. But like, you definitely are still on a path that started when you had like an army jacket yeah. and you know, like one polo sports sweatshirt yeah. and like cargo <laughs> pants and you know, a pair of. Um, Sauconies or whatever yeah. the fuck you were wearing, you know. So like, that's where you started. Yeah, very you know? close to me in 1996. <laughs> no, just looks stunned. Deer in headlights. Just read this dude. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, should we do some vibes? V -v 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 vibes. Sam, hit the button. Not so fast, lightning round. 13 Vibes, you all know this by now. Well, this is episode 35. Episode 35. Uh, 13 Vibes is the not-so-fast lightning round where we talk about things that we're into right now. It's a guest Josh Peskowitz edition. I think we should let Josh I can't wait. Should he do all 13? Off. Oh! <laughs> Yo! We should just leave and let Sam Hine and Josh can take you, it home. Can you leave the light on at least? <laughs> I bet Josh could do 130 Vibes right now off top. Um, I got a couple of vibes. You're gonna have to set it off. All right. Do I have to wait for music? No, 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 no. Okay. That's all. That's all uh, Sam Hines got that. You covered. didn't hear it already. <laughs> you did. You just don't know it. Yeah. No. I mean, I heard it. I heard it. First vibe for me is this uh, fragrance that I bought in Milan, um, but it's from an Argentine company called Fugia, and it smells exactly like geraniums. It's called Muscara Pelagonium. And it literally smells exactly like geraniums. I walked up into that joint and I was just like, what do you got that smells like geraniums? They were like, <laughs> this exact fragrance that smells exactly like geraniums. And I was just like, you can have all my money. That was actually And how did you smell when yeah. you walked out of that joint? I mean, when I walked out, I was a mess because I tried like 500 <laughs> different joints before I, like, I just came back around to it. But like, it's, it, was a, it was a super cool little store and they do have one here in New York. Yeah, there's one in Soho. What's the store called? Uh, Fugia is the name of the right. company, um, and I might be butchering that. No, but, I love how you uh, owned close it. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, I thought Noah was setting you up having to pronounce it. <laughs> no, like, I was not. No, would you no, mind no, saying no. it again? Would you mind repeating <laughs> spell it? it? Let's spell it. No, let's do spell it. F-U-E-G-U-I-A. Yes, F-U-E-G-U-I-A. They're from Patagonia originally from yeah, 1883. They are not fucking around in that place. With nah, their, yo, with they've got like, they had like, place. yo, they had like, I believe close to like 600 fragrances. Yeah, in that they're joint. serious. So, you know, you can get, you can, you can get, you can get off the rails. But, but you like, already knew you wanted a geranium? I, I have always liked that smell and like, you know, you go to like the little hippie health food store and you, yeah, you get geranium get oil, oil yeah. you know? So yeah. like I, I've used that for a long time. I usually keep that with me and I didn't have any. And I used to be, I was like a Maria Santa novella sandalwood guy for a long time. But yeah. then I was just like, time to move on. Let me switch it up. Let me get, let me get extremely botanical geranium. out there. If you smell delicious geraniums, Josh Beskowitz may be nearby. I mean, I'd be lurking. Noah, talk to him. <laughs> No, give him something. Give him a little taste. I uh, oh, I have one. I got scooped. We we're a little bit, but I wanted to do. I wanted to to do a street style vibe because uh, street style at a time when I was getting started and was was a big thing. Like Tommy Ton's photos. I worked at style.com when he was still shooting there for a little while, and it was really exciting when I saw a new Tommy drop. Tom, dude. Drop. I mean, when the but fashion Tommy shows Tom were drop. going on, style.com Tommy Ton drops were like it was major. It was a it was a. Thing. Big we were, it was a deal. thingy thing. And New York Fashion Week just went went down, and this is why I want this to be vibe right now. And I was I went to a show, and um, and Tommy was outside, mm -hmm. and Phil O was outside, mm -hmm. and Dan Roberts was outside. Mm -hmm. and Friends those of the three pot. Guys all. are just like I don't know that. Also, people don't understand like they're the homies. Like those yeah. guys are like fucking cool. Yep. They all have incredible style. They should all be on this show. They you shoot should, great photos. You should absolutely have every single one of them on the show. Should and, we have uh, all of them on at once and just know, free for really all this wild. shit? That would be, that would <laughs> be wild. They're all homies with each other too, which is also cool. Yeah, but I feel like obviously the industry has made a lot, you know, media, everything has shifted so much, but those dudes are still out there on the street taking dope photos and I back it so hard. So mm -hmm. Shout out Tommy Ton. Shout, shout out Phil, Phil o. o. Shout out Dan Roberts. Phil O on Vogue.com. Tommy shooting for himself these days i think working on a book and dan roberts on gq.com the only ones that matter bang I, bang i co-sign your vibe heavy yes that's a heavy co-sign i'm gonna go with maybe my most basic and this is saying something because i've done some basic ass vibes <laughs> my most basic <laughs> vibe of all time summertime white pants and white jeans 
All right. Guilty as charged right I mean, now, yo. You guys are both wearing them today. I got my, I got my Massimo Will, Will, album Wills mini cords ivory. on. I'd say they're... I got my Massimo album mini cords on. Josh already told you what he's wearing. Yeah. Is in the optic but it just feels fresh. Dude. I don't know what to tell you. I know it's it's not reinventing the wheel here. I'm not saying anything that everybody doesn't already know. But white pants in the summertime, man. White pants in the summertime. Maybe even white pants in the wintertime. Yeah, oh, definitely yeah. year round. But it, yeah. I'm just like it's it's July right now. You're in there, and it's a, and and you, you look you look crisp. Thank you, dude. Yeah, man. I feel good. Yeah. Josh, what do you got? Well, we were talking about this yesterday, but a very heavy vibe for me right now is the entire album No Danger by a band called Anouk, which I will introduce me to. A 2004. Long- In case you're wondering <laughs> how far back the friend of the pod, our guest today, Yeah, we didn't goes even back. get into the personal history here, but it's No, deep. we did not. We it's did deep. not. You could leave it for another show, but. Yeah, it's like a whole that thing. Would be a I would kind of feel good would- about the fact that we didn't do it. Rest, leave it. Let's just say I just ruined will. it by mentioning it. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's all good. <laughs> will and I do go back away. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Um, yeah. So we've known each other since 2003, but in 2004, a little band called Anouk, I N O U K, dropped an album called No Danger. And man, that shit blew my mind then. And I had kind of forgotten about it until Amen Dune's album came out this year. Yep. And. The this Amen Dunes is his that was his first band. Oh, he's in the band. Yeah, yeah. It was him and his brother. That's right. And three I other dudes, three or four other dudes. So you guys are currently bumping an album from 2004. Both I, of us separately. This is the recent recent it. retro thing. Or yeah, we've yeah. Talked about recent before vintage. where you have to like get into that recent yeah. vintage I'm, spot. And, and it's on Spotify. It's got like 11,000 listens. Yeah. 9,000 of them are by Josh and I. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but the shit is fire. It's such a good record, and I, you know, I literally had lost it in the depths of my iTunes until yeah. um, until. Uh, there was freedom a little came out. There was a, yeah. There, when Eamon, when Damon McMahon, who records under Eamon Dunes, put out Freedom, Josh and I were going back to the Anook. This is making me want to just go back to all the 2004. We might bless the outro of the pod with a little yeah, with a little it. taste. What do you got, NJ? Um, I'm gonna stay, stay on New York Fashion Week. I did go to a show and it was the label Abbasi Rosboro. Mm-hmm. So that's a vibe. Yes. This is. I a, was traveling for this and I'm I'm hurt. It was hurt. the Desiree scenario was very they, there was a very <laughs> they brought <laughs> they brought out yo if you're not if you don't have a didgeridoo <laughs> in your fashion show don't even come to New York Fashion was, Week calling men this shit was very psychedelic and I don't I haven't seen too many live didgeridoo shows <laughs> so I don't have like you haven't lived no what are you doing dude. this guy was making jungle sounds he had <laughs> he had bells tied around every ligament like he was. It was a one-man band. He was Yo. drumming and didgeridooing and like sort of yelping, like doing animal sounds. And um, he was doing. He it. went for it. <laughs> he really went was. for it. Big question: How the, are the clothes? The they clothes are too. fly. <laughs> the These guys are. are uh, the clothes are good too. The clothes are good too. These guys are extremely tactical, extremely anatomical. It is uh, advanced. I think sort of futuristic men's tailoring. Um, and the nice thing about it is also the fact that, you know, all those like silky prints on the stripes and yeah. whatnot, those are all repurposed. That's dead stock. They yeah. found that, which I think is cool. I, yep. I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into that movement. These guys have been around for a few seasons, a few years. They're all friends. And I feel like, I just feel like it's starting to crystallize into something really solid. Their vision is really the development is, is getting there. The clothes are really interesting. The styling was fly this mm-hmm. time around. Shout out um, to the didgeridoo, the official instrument of episode 35 of Corporate Lunch. 100%. And little phalange bells. <laughs> um, I got a travel vibe. I got a travel vibe. This one is like, I live by this shit. Josh, you can uh, tell me what you think because you uh, also spend a lot of time on the road. You can't use the blackout curtains in the hotel, man. You can't do kill it. You. you can't do it. If you got anything to do the next day, the jet lag hits, you pull the blackout curtains, and you're absolutely screwed. No blackout curtain. I don't care if you're in a five-star hotel. I don't care if you're in the nicest place or the shittiest motel. Do not pull the blackout curtains. Yo, I 1,000% agree with you for a completely different reason, but- my reason is, is when I do pull the blackout curtains, I wake up in a panic like every two Ooh, hours. Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> what, what time is it? it? <laughs> exactly. And so I, I just can't fuck with it. I would just rather know where the yeah. sun's at. It you doesn't know? matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what drugs you're doing or what kind of hookers you have in there. No one can see. Just use the regular curtains. Yeah. 
Just keep the lighting dim, and then you won't. Yeah. No, but the um, yeah, the sun. I mean, Josh kind of t- the hit it. the The sun is the key to inter interacting with the sun is the key to getting over your jet lag and mm-hmm. also like getting up in the morning and being at whatever thing you got to be at. Mm-hmm. No blackout curtains. No blackout curtains. Certified vibe. Josh, I think you should take us home. One more vibe. Well, we just it just I just came to this vibe. Really? I told you vibes would be coming. Vibes are vibes they are come. Heavy. I know. You yeah. always it's yeah. I mean, you always exper- enter. We're experienced. That. We're thirty five episodes deep. That's yeah. like three thousand. That's like I don't know. Damn near four thousand yeah. vibes. Sometimes you come in with vibe anxiety, but by the end you're just overflowing. Was, was, with oh wait, four hundred vibes. Yeah, we've done like eight hundred vibes. There's been five thousand vibes. 8, Ten. There's been twelve thousand vibes. What, what what do you got? I was, yo, Deadstock is a vibe. It is. Deadstock yeah. is a true vibe. But tell us how to access Deadstock if you're just like, you know, uh, a, a, a kind of a corporate lunch neophyte. How do you get some Deadstock fabric in your life? Well, Deadstock period. Well, first, I mean, you can, it's you can look for it first of all. But I just think. I think that there are a lot of brands out there. I mean, we work with a couple like Atelier and Repairs and obviously Errol 55 and just talking about Abasi, uh, Rossboro just now. You know, there are there is so much that has already been made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and like people getting in Bodhi, yep. you know, same idea. Shout um, out Emily Bodhi. Sh- super shout out. She had a great show yesterday. Yeah. It looked really terrific. So, so fire. But, you know, just taking things that already exist and making something new out of it, like, that's such a fucking vibe to me right yeah. now. And, uh, you know, you can search out brands, but more and more brands are doing it. More and more brands are, you know, repurposing these things. And I think that it is very, very thoroughly respectable thing to do. So that's a vibe for me. Josh Peskowitz, you're a true friend of the pod. Thanks for you coming sh- on. You showed why today. Thank you guys for letting me come on. Will you tell us what's gonna what, what, what we're going to exit to here? We're going to exit to Search for the Beads. In Nook. Check it out. We'll talk to you soon, Josh. Come on again sometime. I will. Stop.